this is Mark. And this is Kendrick. And this is Movies in Black and White. Alright, so today we get to talk about... The Mandalorian! Yes, it's finally here. Yes. It's finally time. We've been waiting a hot minute for this, and it finally dropped with Disney yeah. Plus today. Which is November 12th, by the way, and we're going to try to get this out in the next day or so. And get yeah. this as fresh out, out there as we can. Go ahead and get us started, Mark. Uh, the Mandalorian, fantastic TV show. We've been waiting for it for a long time, like we said. Space Western, set in the traditional, typical outlying planets in Star Wars. Pedro Pascal does an excellent job of emoting through no facial expression. Has his helmet on the whole time. And he's able to give you exactly what that character is feeling. Well, that's in true Mandalorian fashion, exactly. too. I mean, they never take off their helmets. I mean, Django did, but Boba never, never took did. off that never helmet. Did. And I think in Rebels, most of them didn't take off kept their helmet. Their helmets, they okay. kept their helmet on. That's just the yeah. way. That's their nature. And it really... I mean, this is only the first episode. And the first episode right. was 39 minutes long with credits. It did a really good job, like you said, of him showing emotion. What little emotion there was through his actions and the way he moved, the way he walked. Exactly. I mean, very little dialogue for him. But what dialogue he did have, he conveyed this strong, confident bounty hunter that it was very Clint Eastwood-esque to me. You know, it reminded me a lot of, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly a little bit. It's that guy it that's going to do what he thinks is right. Whether that lands in the morally right or morally wrong side, he doesn't care. He's just going to do what he wants to do and needs to do. And we find that out later on in the, in the show. But uh, at the beginning of the show, a typical bounty hunter fashion goes into the cantina. He's looking for a bounty. We don't know who the bounty is at the time. Aims towards one character, but it's actually another character. And he gets into a fight with these two guys. that are The ruffians. The ruffians, yeah. <laughs> That are in the cantina, almost in the Luke Skywalker vein when he walks into the cantina. But this time, nobody's—he's not backing down. You know, he's not trying to make peace with these guys. Well, he Obi Wan Kenobi's the shit. Oh, except a little more violent. Like Obi Wan yes. just took off an arm. Right. This guy, he—he uh, he, uh, he took off a half a body. Half a body. <laughs> so real quick, not, before we get too deep into it, we're gonna go into full spoilers. Obviously, if you haven't watched right. the episode, highly recommend you go watch it right now. And then come back because there's a spoiler that we'll talk about at the end of the episode oh. that just blew our ever-loving mind. Yes. So, real quick, before we get really into the story beats here, give you a little bit of facts and backstories about the show. It is exclusively on Disney Plus right now. It right. probably will be exclusively on Disney Plus forever. They would be dumb to let it go anywhere else, except when they decide to put out a season of it to buy, which exactly. makes them extra money. The entire series was written by Jon Favreau. Yes. For those of you who don't know who John Favreau is, A, what are you doing living under a rock? Yeah, exactly. B, John Favreau is the guy that wrote and directed Iron, Iron Man, Man 1 and 2. Yeah. He executive produced most of the MCU movies at this point in time. The Avengers 1. Anyone that Iron Man appears in, he executive produced. He plays a part in it. He's pretty much... He's Happy Hogan. If Yeah, he plays Happy Hogan. He directed The Jungle Book, which yes. came out a few years ago. It was a very good movie, probably the best of the Disney live-action remakes, in my opinion. He also directed the second-best Disney remake live-action movie, in my opinion, as well, The Lion King, which most people won't agree with. I don't care. I enjoyed the crap out of that movie. Yeah. Your, yeah. your quips and snarks all about it, you only want. It's, it's great. He did a really good job, and he really shows his writing chops with this show. He knows this universe. He loves this universe. Hell, most of the movies he works on, he does at Skywalker Ranch. Yes, he so does. he spends a lot of time with those guys, and the guy that directed the first episode is Dave Filoni. If you guys haven't, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the Freddie Prince Jr. rant. Correct. This guy was name-dropped in, in that, that rant. rant. This yes. is the guy that has the George Lucas Bible. 
that knows everything about Star Wars and that explains what Freddie Prince Jr. knew because he was the head showrunner for Rebels. Uh, I think he's the head showrunner for Clone Wars. Yeah, all of it. And yeah. he's he pretty much the godfather. He's the Kevin Feige of Star Wars right now. Exactly. So well, animated Star Wars and TV Star Wars, not the yeah, movies. That's the uh, movies. That's, that's somebody else. But we actually. Little side note, uh, Mark. I'm sure you know this. Kevin Feige is actually getting oh, a chance to take a yeah. crack at a Star Wars movie. Whew, that's gonna be, be nice. exciting. There's gonna be a total of eight episodes, ranging in time. I'd imagine from 39 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half. That last right. episode will probably be a little longer. It's directed by five different people. So Dave Filoni directed the first episode, and like we said, he's done a lot of show running for most of the mm-hmm. Star Wars shows. Rick Famuyiwa, Yua. Is that how you pronounce that? What you say, Rick Famuyiwa? Oh, that's what I'm gonna go Fama with. Yua. He's uh he directed um that movie Dope that came yeah, out a few years ago. Very good movie. And then you got Deborah okay. Chow directing an episode which she didn't sound familiar to me and she she still doesn't but she did a few episodes of Mr. Robot and Beauty and the Beast. It doesn't look like she's done any major productions yeah, like right. big movie productions but hey you never know it's uh usually those are the ones that surprise you. And then you got Bryce Dallas Howard, Howard which surprised Ron Howard's me. Daughter. Well. That she's never. I don't think she's ever really directed. She's done acting. I mean, she was yeah. in Jurassic World right. and a bunch of other movies. So, I was surprised when I read her name on that list. And then they cycle through back again. But instead of Bryce coming back to direct another episode, they got the man coming back. Waititi is coming. He's gonna direct an episode. And I'm really surprised Fabro didn't take a hit or take a shot at one of these episodes. You know, I think he wanted to show sure us. Yeah, I think yeah. he had some visions in mind. He put his vision out there on in the in the writing, and yeah. he said, "Hey, I think this guy can bring this to life better. Or these people can bring this to life better than I can." Because I think he wants the continuity, but he also wants the freshness of the takes on every yeah. episode he wants to have. Well, it looks yeah. like he wrote every episode except maybe one, mm-hmm. and that was written by somebody else. A story by Christopher Yost. But he probably... Oh, and Dave Filoni wrote an episode, but it looks like Favreau had a hand in most episodes. But the way they're going to be released is the first one came out today on the 12th. Right. They're releasing another one in three days on the 15th. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it looks like they're going every week. Which, we talked about this before, I'm a man of habit, I love to binge watch, <laughs> and they're fucking me on this royally. Uh, and we had a conversation about this earlier today. Of patience, how much like, Yes, I understand patience, because patience is no virtue of mine. No, I know. But I cannot wait. I'm just, I'm not, I can't wait oh. to the series to end, because I'll be so far behind. Yeah, the quality of the cinematography, the quality of the story, the quality of the character acting in this movie and the cast fantastic actors in it It just makes you go this doesn't have a series type of feel it has a these are short movies yeah it has a cinematic feel feel for it and i think that's what most people were concerned about is oh it's a star wars tv show how great can that look or be i'm here to tell you it looks fucking amazing they killed it with the visuals i mean it was it was reported at one point uh 12 million dollars per episode and over eight episodes that's the budget of most big production exactly. movies. And, you know, Star Wars, they have visuals blended with practical effects. Right. It's the really good ones. They don't go prequel trilogy. They go original sequel trilogy yes. with the visuals. And it just, it looks great. So, real quick, as for the cast as well, like we talked about, we got Pedro Pascal in the first episode. Mm-hmm. You got my man Carl Weathers Yes. coming in. You got Nick Nolte. Which I was really surprised when he finally showed up. It's not Nick Nolte and his, you know, right. person it's himself. It's a voice. voice. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a, for those of you Star Wars nerds, it's an Ugnaught. 
which is a right. small little oh, alien right. in the movies. Yeah. He just does the voice work for it. And the other, the rest of it's either I don't think it was puppetry. I think it was a small person like they did with the Ewoks uh, right. in the suit doing the uh, doing the motions. There wasn't very many major actors in the first episode because it was just trying to introduce no, everything. You got Werner Herzog in it. He yeah. he portrays the client, which the gives client goes back. We talked about this earlier mm-hmm. today a little bit to uh, Jack Reacher. It's called yeah. the Zek. I want to know if this guy has ever had a actual name in a movie. You know what? Let's let's look that up <laughs> he, since we're here. He's the prisoner in, in Jack Reacher, and now he's the client. Yeah, he's just I'm the man with no name, quite literally. Right. Let's see. And then uh, you got Takai Waititi oh doing a voice. He plays IG Eleven, which is the robot. Yes. And that robot is a badass beast. He reminded me of a more mellow K2SO. He wasn't right. as chipper and personable right, as K2SO, right. but he was equally a badass. He's a bounty hunting yes. robot, and there's a fight in the movie where him and the Mandalorian team up together, yeah. and it was edgier feet. It was yeah. crazy. Let's see here. It doesn't have his character's names, Warner Herzog's character's names in these movies. Let's see. Let me pick. Okay, so he was in Rescue Dawn. I know that movie. Right. Let's see if he had him. A name in that movie because that'll put that to rest. Right. <laughs> uh, Warner Herzog, where are you? Why isn't your name showing up here? Were you? Uh... Oh, he was the director. All right. Well, we'll come back to that later. I'll look it up for next time. Just remind me. Okay. So we said we got Nick Nolte, Warner Herzog, Bill Burr's gonna make an appearance, but not yet. Not, yeah. Unless exactly. I missed him. Now the alien. I really want to know who played that alien that he captured at the beginning yes, of the episode. Yes, the guy, the blue guy. Because he sounded. He sounds so, so familiar. familiar. I thought it was Pat Oswalt, but I don't think it was. No. It may have just yeah. been a. Uh... Star Wars has a checkered history of taking huge actors and actresses and hiding them in their movies like right. in force awakens daniel craig was the stormtrooper that ray learned the mind trick on yes i would never have known that yeah. if i wouldn't have read it i even watching it now i'm like oh shit that is craig's voice you can barely hear it but it's, but there. it's there so that's they have a really good strong history of doing that and i'm really curious to see who john favreau sneaks into his show because now having watched the chef show he, he had Bill Burr on the everyone. show. Exactly. So maybe he snuck in some other people at exactly. some point. Because he's been working on this show for a hot minute now. But, okay, so that's that's pretty much the production people. That's the directors. That's all the good stuff. Like I said, Pedro Pascal's killing it. All the actors are top-notch. Now, like I said, it's only the first episode. We haven't got too much to go off of yet. Pretty much we got a brief synopsis of The Mandalorian's history. It's, it's brief. It's quick. You don't know exactly what's the deal yet. But... Right. It's that air of mystery. We're really curious to find out what is going on with this guy and what he's been through. And he has a mission because he's interested more than just in just getting the money for, hey, I I do this for the money. He has a mission. I think he's going to have something developed where he has somebody else to take care of. Well, I think he's he's trying to build his clan back up. He's trying to build the memories. I I haven't watched all of Rebels yet, but it is... I know in Rebels there was a few episodes or a major story arc where the Empire went and raised the Mandalorian planet and wiped them out. Destroyed them, yeah. So there was very few of them left. I know a major character in that show, I, her name escapes me. I meant to look it up. But she is a Mandalorian and a person as well. She survives. So he looks like he survived because the flashbacks kind of show him in his village getting attacked. He goes into hiding. And he gets a piece of armor made from the payment that the client gives him. And the the head of his clan, I'm assuming, the blacksmith lady, she tells him this, this gift will be great for the foundlings. Which I'm assuming are the orphans they take in 
to try to rebuild their clan. And he goes, good, I was a foundling once. You know, right. he, like I said, he, he has a mission, and he's not going to let anything stop him being a good or bad moral choice. But on the same token, he does have a heart. He does care about certain things. And that gets really shown at the end of the episode, if you ask me. Right. So, I agree. So like we talked about, he goes into the bar, excuse me, the cantina. He gets in the bar brawl. He gets his capture. They have a quick little funny scene on the speeder where the speeder gets blown up, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gets the guy, takes him on the ship, gets him out. As they're flying away, the guy's trying to like talk to him, and he just won't talk, which I found to be hilarious because you could just put yourself in that guy's shoes for a second. This could be the most uncomfortable, freakish moment because oh your gosh. heart's just you dropped. Just it's like captured. this dude is a baller a beast. He knows what he's yeah. doing. You saw him literally cut somebody in half with a door. Exactly. And it was just great. And then he goes and tries to hide, go into the bathroom while he's trying to find an escape route. And he sees these slabs hanging. And it was carbonite, carbonite. stone, yeah. which, yet again, if you're a Star Wars fan, you know that's what Han Solo spells his name. And he keeps talking, trying to play it off like he's using the restroom. And all of a sudden, he, he says, oh, I want to be there for life day. I guess I'm going to miss it. And all of a sudden, it cuts, and the Mandalorian's right so behind she, him. He goes, yeah, I guess you will. Pushes him in the carbonite <laughs> chamber and encases him. Oh, it was great. It was, awesome. it was just like pure badassery. And then he goes to Carl Weathers, which is the head of that guild his bounty hunting guild and he gets his payment well the big thing right now is this this show takes place between six and seven so right between return of the jedi and force awakens so it's right after the fall of the empire right and he gets tried to gets paid in imperial credits Credits. and he his big line is i don't know if you know this but the empire is not around anymore pretty much the credits are worth nothing to him So he has to take less of a payment because the guy's got nothing else to give right now. So the galaxy seems to be in hard times right now. Like everybody always thought after Return of Jedi, oh, it's a happy ending. Everybody's happy off. Well, no. In reality, you got to think that a government just got or dictatorship got overthrown and a government's trying to come in and fix the wrongs. But it takes time and it's going to piss some people off, which I'm sure will be a huge factor into the show down the line, which will be great to see for me. Right. Because I'm I'm always into the the lore and the history of the universe and how people cope with all these wars and stuff. Cause like the movies always focus on the war right. aspect yeah. and they hint at the repercussions of this. Clone Wars did a good job of showing what people went through during yes, the war. Clone Wars did. Even like you said, the force awakens did a bit. Yeah. Uh, you can see, you know, a lot of people were just junkers and they had to scrounge around for and trade these valuable parts for just junk. For yeah. No, no food, very little food. So, yeah, they get it's it's going to be interesting to see how they make that play out and how, you know, he has to deal with that. Well, he actually gets to deal with it pretty immediately yeah, after that. So after yeah. he gets he, he asks Carl Weathers for the biggest bounty he can get yeah. and then he finds out there's a off the books type bounty mm-hmm. and he doesn't get a what he calls a bounty puck, which I thought that right. was cool. I, I thought was that was cool a cool too, name. Yeah. Whoever came up with that, that's that's pretty smart cuz it's a little small disc that looks like a puck. It's a hologram. Yeah, a hologram. hologram. So he goes and Meets this client, which is Werner Herzog, the client, yes. and he's an old, he's an imperial officer, and he's got a stormtrooper guard. Well, in all the movies, you've always seen the stormtroopers with really pristine white armor. Right. These guys look like they're grungy. Yeah, just just nasty. everything's falling apart. You can tell that they've had the same armor for <laughs> for a while, so long, and they are not able to you know refurbish it or anything like that. They're just trying to eke out an existence better than most people. Well. But, it's, it's so going back to history, it's like Nazis trying to hide. 
after World War Two. You know, right. they're they're trying to do what they can to get back in a little bit of power. This is before mm-hmm. the first order. The first order comes back into play, so it's kind of that weird dynamic. They're in the they're in the lost space right now. I mean, their right. emperor just got killed. Their Death Star got blown up oh, for no. the second time. Second time. You know, Darth Vader's gone, which was their big lieutenant. I mean, their their whole hierarchy just crumbles. Crumbles. So these guys are trying, they're paying the Mandalorian to go hunt a 50-year-old client. And that's all he knows is the age and the location. Right. So he he gets his payment, which is a a piece of metal. It's called Vesper Metal? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he gets, he takes that back to his his clan head. And that's when she makes that piece of armor for him. Yeah. And that's when the whole foundling thing comes about. And that's when you know Mm -hmm. he's... He's got a little bit of a heart here. You know, he wants exactly. to take care of his clan. He wants to regrow his clan. All the good stuff. That's just the beginning of his payment. If he brings the bounty back alive, he gets a whole crate. Yes. If he brings it back dead, dead. which he has to bring proof, he gets half of that. Right. He's got a huge incentive to bring it back. And I would love to see him have a whole brand new set of armor. That would be that great. That would be wicked. And then him get to paint it whatever colors he wants. So, like, Django had the silver blue look. Boba had the green look, green sil- mm-hmm. was it green, silver, yellow kind of color? Yeah. Yeah, he had that look. So I'd be really curious to see what his armor ends up looking like. I like the, the patchy red he's got going but on But right he's now. got a conflict of conscience right now. I mean, I think he's sitting there going, yeah, I want to take this bounty back, and this is going to help everybody out. It's going to do great for my people. But why do you want this? Well, why do you... I don't think he really cares why he wants it. I mean, he's a bounty hunter. He just wants to get the bounty. But at the end of the episode, that's when I think it clicks for him. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. We have a little more story beat to get through. So yeah, that's we'll when he goes to the planet and he gets attacked. Mm-hmm. He gets saved by Nick Nolte's little ugly mouth. Right. Who's a moisture farmer. Right. Just like Luke and his family. So it was a cool little thing. And then he gets to learn to ride a whatever that beast was oh, called, beast. which looked really cool. They yes. did a good job with that. Yeah. They have a little, you know, story about the Mandalorians, how they used to tame these wild creatures and ride them, and he tamed that thing really, really quickly quick, after yeah. that. So he rides to the town, scoping it out, and where all the the bounty's supposed to be, and there's this huge group of mercenaries right. guarding this this bounty, and he's scoping it out, doing his thing, and all of a sudden, here comes IG Eleven, yep. just trucking on in, gonna take everybody <laughs> out. I mean, it's crazy. He, you know, he's a droid. He doesn't feel like he has any fear. Mm-mm. It's like, hey, I'm going to come in, do what I need to do, take you out surgically, and boom. Well, he, he weighs waist to him, but then he goes down there. He's like, hey, you know, what are you doing? You're killing my element of surprise here. And he accidentally shoots the Mandalorian. Yeah, well, now, luckily, yeah. he had that new piece of armor, exactly. took the hit. So right. that was cool. And then they te- end up teaming up to take out the whole the whole village. Yes. Which was wicked in cool. Style. Oh, my god! That robot kept spinning around. Yeah. Like his whole body was going back. Everything. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Oh, laser bolts everywhere. Yes. It was wild. Blaster bolts, excuse me. Let me correct okay. my statement there. I'll let you go ahead and tell the ending here because I get a little too excited when I talk okay. about this. It is amazing. I, I, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh, no way. So he goes in, finds the container that the bounty is in, and he looks around, looks at it, opens it up, and there's this little baby. This little creature, and well, you see. So he says, "Let me let me break it in." So I want to build the tension here. He goes, "I thought they said it was fifty years old." And you hear right. IG Eleven say, "Well, some species it's age slower than the others." And you others. see an outline, and then it turns and pans, and you see the green ears. Yes, and it's like he pulls down the covers, and it's a baby Yoda. Baby Yoda species. We don't know what species. species yeah, is. whatever. But automatically, I screamed at Mark. Baby fucking Yoda. <laughs> yes. Baby Yoda. You've got to be kidding me. 
It is amazing. And then, you know, IG-11 wants to kill it. Mm-hmm. Says, hey, we're, we need to kill this thing. Take it back. I got, we got the bounty. Let's go. Mandalorian shoots him right in the shoots head. Shoots IG-11 right in the head. He starts looking at the baby, cocks his head a bit, and reaches out his hand. Yeah, he reaches out his finger, finger, and you see the baby's hand start yeah. to come up to grab him. And I'm like, that's where the attack of conscience comes in for him. And then that's the end of the episode. That's where it cuts. Yep. Just leaves on the cliffhanger for three days. Exactly. And then we'll come back to it. Oh, but what was shit. really cool, and I, I don't know if you watched it, but during the credits, it showed artwork. Right. And so while, while I was watching the show, I got a feel for the Christopher McQuarrie art style that the original Star Wars had. So yes. I don't know if you've ever seen that artwork. Yes. If oh, you yeah, haven't, look it up. Stuff. It's amazing artwork. And they actually took some of those designs and implemented them into the new trilogy right. that they're doing. But I got a huge feel for that artwork. And then at the end, they showed what looked like production artwork for those scenes. And I got a huge Christopher McQuarrie feel from it. I don't know if right. he actually did the artwork. I don't even know if he's still alive, to be honest with you. Know. But it looked amazing for every big scene they had. The they continuity, had artwork. The continuity of this is a perfect bridge between the two worlds that we're talking about yeah between the return of the jedi and the force awakens yeah i mean the continuity is fantastic there is not it's seamless you know a lot of people argued you know when they did the prequels uh was, oh well everything looks so more oh, much so more fancy modern and new, yeah, yeah so fancy you know it didn't fit with the you know the next the thing that was coming next you know it was supposed to be next well it, it did in a sense because you only followed the perspective of the rebel alliance and they scrounged up whatever old equipment or equipment they could get their hands on. So right. obviously they got their hands on some older, junkier equipment compared to what the Empire had. But the Empire was such a militaristic, simple view of their equipment. They wanted, you know, simple, efficient, which was the TIE fighter. That's why it looked like, you know, you go from these battle droids and all this stuff yeah. to that view. I think that was kind of a good gap. But yeah, it was, it was a gap between the prequel right. and the original trilogy. But this one, like you said, is doing a good job of connecting Seamlessly. the tissue. Those things blend in so much. And I think, like you said, calling back to the artwork, I think that's what really gave the feel of saying, okay, they went back to the original sources and said, this is what we want this to look like and to make it flow so well. Well, what was crazy is the first time I saw The Mandalorian, I got a feel of the original Boba Fett from the Star Wars Christmas special. Because that's when Boba Fett originally showed up. Okay. He was colored differently. He looked really weird. Right. But his shape of his that. helmet looked just like the Mandalorian helmet. Yes. So I was like, damn, this this just feels, it's got that feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love when Star Wars pays homage to itself. Self. Yeah. I mean, it's got it's such a good. huge checkered history. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a huge franchise that spans... What? What are we in? 2019? It's 40 years. 40 years. And it's just, you know, you can't not help but pay homage to yourself at this point. You can't. Um, It's a show I can't wait to dig into more as episodes come out. And I'm speaking for myself here when I say I would love to review each episode to come out. I think that would be a good thing. This is easy for me to review right now because I can't go to the movie theaters just because I had the baby. Right. So this is easier for us to Oh, no, that would be no problem. (laughs) (laughs) This show every week? My goodness. Yeah, because it's going to be exciting. I mean, they they leave you wanting more after the first episode. You're like, like you said, I can't wait for those three days to pass and see it again. See a new episode. It did what every good show should do. It opened a few thread lines, a few plot threads. 
Just a few. Just a few. To where you know by the end, most of them should be tied up. And obviously, this show's going to go on for multiple seasons. I imagine Disney would be dumb not to do that, especially with Jon Favreau behind the wheel. Now, the only my only hope is right now is it carries its weight and its momentum through the rest of the episodes, which with the shorter episode run, they right. should. They should carry it all the way through, no problems, no hiccups, no slow parts. I agree. You shouldn't have to have, you know, on Netflix shows, you tended to have some very slow moments and very slow shows. What was the mid-season the hiccup? Mid-seasons, exactly. Yeah. And you're like going, okay... You're going to get through the drudgery and do that. I don't think this show is going to have that. I think it's going to be, you know, because of the nature of the character, number one, in the nature of the bounty that he has now, mm-hmm. it's so valuable to everyone. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be action, action, suspense all the way through. I really hope that this continues with their Obi-Wan show that they oh, got yeah. Ewan McGregor coming back for, oh, yeah. which is just... You can't fuck that up because you got Ewan McGregor coming yeah, back to play back. the best He's role the, ever. Yes, and he he is Obi Wan in my eyes. Like Alec Guinness young is Obi Wan as well, certainly. but this is young Obi Wan, and I yes. hope it does a good job of trying to balance between episodes three and four and give us that connective tissue that we've always wanted in live action form. If they follow the same thing, if here's the thing, if John, if Disney does exactly what they do with Marvel movies. Because John Favreau and will work with the other direct, you know, writers and directors to have the continuity. Well, he's Kevin Feige in this thing. Yeah, exactly. And that was one of the things I was going to bring up. Is most people, it's getting said that there's a Star Wars exhaustion. Or what, okay. what do they always say superhero oversaturation. Yeah, oversaturation. Yeah. Um, they're saying there's an oversaturation of Star Wars. I don't think there is. I think it's because you're so used to going, you know, three years between each movie right. and then going fi- ten to fifteen years between. Trilogies, yeah. you're not used to having all this glory, and they feel like it's an oversaturation of the market. Which, in my eyes, it's not. Give me more. No, you can't give it up. Like I want more. But I think the problem is, is all the Star Wars movies have the same type of feel to them. They yes. have the Star Wars feel. What John Favreau is doing is he's taking the Star Wars feel and doing a Kevin Feige and mixing it with other genres. Like we right. said, it feels like a western. Exactly. It does. It really does. And the idea of delving into, you know, an individual character, uh, not a lesser character because, you know, it's not, he's not a main character in the Star Wars universe, but he's a main character. Oh, he's a main character you know? in the Star Wars universe now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's like, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, like the Boba Fett's and Jango Fett's yeah. and stuff like that. And these bounty hunters, you know, we've always wanted to see more of those guys. Yeah. Right, so it takes that character, those characters, and goes, okay, we're gonna center on this, and they can do that for so many characters in their universe. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, you know, I for my personal belief, and I I agree with you, it's not an oversaturation. Mm-hmm. It's something that we've wanted for years. Well, I think they needed an injection of freshness to them, right? And this is gonna inject that freshness yes. into it, and it's got the original Star Wars feel to it with the modern visuals. It's got, like we said, the practical mixing with the CGI perfectly to where it looks pretty seamless. I mean, if I didn't know any better, I wouldn't have thought this was a TV show. I wouldn't have either. And the cinematography is I pray, I pray that when that se- season comes out on Blu-ray and 4K, that they just make it into one long movie episode with no credits, no blank that bucks. That would be great. awesome if they did that. Kind of like how they're doing with It Chapter 1 and 2, how right. they're going to release a... Um, combined version of the two. Oh, that's that'd be cool if they did this for the season. Because 
I don't know if there's going to be a gap between episodes. I highly doubt it, especially with that cliffhanger that they left us on. So we'll see. So you got time for a funny story real quick? Go ahead. So I promised my wife I'd wait to watch this with her. (laughs) And I tried so hard. But then you leaned over this morning and you said to me, you're not going to believe who the bounty is. You know how they haven't said what the bounty is? I'm like, yeah. He goes, all I'm going to tell you, it's 50 years old. That's all you need to know. And I'm sitting here and I'm pondering and I'm thinking, I'm like, God damn, who do I know in this series? That would be 50 years old at this right. time. I know it's not Luke. I know it's not Lan Han. They're not going to do that. They're too young at that point anyways. And they can't, they're not going to de-age them for this. I mean, I was like, who in the hell could it be? So you got my interest peaked at that point. Like I was like, okay, I, I got to watch it now. <laughs> so on my break at lunch, I watched the episode. Right. And then that's when I IM'd you. Holy shit, it's baby Yoda. Yeah. So then I'm like, damn, I really got to sell this to my wife when I get home. So I got home and I was like, we really need to watch it. Come on, I got to do this episode tonight with Mark. I need to watch it. In reality, I just need to watch it a second time for myself. And as soon as Baby Yoda come up, I was watching her expression. And she was like, her eyes just went huge when she saw Baby Yoda. Yeah. And I had to sell my own point that time. So I was like, Baby fucking Yoda, oh my God. And I just must have sold it perfectly. So babe, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Just I couldn't help myself. Kendrick will not be making it to the next uh, recording. Uh, I died in my sleep. Yes. Mysteriously. At the grand age of 28, yeah. I'm no longer in this world. If, if it did happen, go for my wife. She, she did it. No, she didn't. She's too sweet. She wouldn't do that. I love you, Deanna. She's too sweet for that. But, okay, so all in all, we love the show. Oh, it's fantastic. Cannot wait for more episodes. Yes. I know several people that I'm going to send this to that I'm really curious to get their thoughts on. And I would love to have come on the show with us if they got time to talk about this. Because I know one person in particular that's a huge Star Wars fanatic that we work with. Oh, and I cannot wait to get his yeah. thoughts on this. So hopefully he's got time to come on. And, you know, you guys let us know if you want to hear other people talk about this too. Because uh, that might be an hour-long special. Because he can go on yeah, we would and be on here. and on. But it, I think it would it'd be, be great. It would be fun. Oh, my. So, it would be worth a while. I guess that was our thoughts. Mark, if you had to give the first episode of a scale on 1 to 10, what would you give it? I grade hard, but man, this sucker was so good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i going with a 9-4. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> far behind fantastic. you. Like we said, we don't give perfect 10s because it's impossible. But if there was anything close to perfect 10 for a first episode of a TV show, this oh, would yeah, be this it. Was it. So I'd give it a 9-8 for me. Like yeah. I'm right there on the Solid. cusp because I, I hate cliffhangers. I yeah. hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Well, you hate gotta him. have him. I know, but I hate him. him. I, I'm, like, I'm coming back. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Every listen, show. you you show me Baby Yoda. I'm in now. Like I'm sold. I'm done. I'll come back. I don't care how you end the episode. Right. I'm coming back. <laughs> like you're not gonna push me away. Yeah. I can't can't wait to watch more. We'll come back on the fifteenth. Yeah. We'll put we'll record for that review, and we'll we'll be putting them out maybe a day or two later if we can. Right. But that's that's the plan now. To review the Mandalorian as it comes out yes. instead of reviewing the whole series because originally the plan was to binge watch the shit out of it and then review the, the whole thing. No, this is going to be good. Each episode is so well done, so thoroughly crafted. Yeah, well, we can hope each episode's that way. Yeah. So far, yeah, this episode was so. packed this way, but I can't see him dropping off in this. I can't no. see John Favreau's work and these directors that he's got going for him mm. drop off. Well, how that. do you drop off after introducing Baby Yoda? Mm. The one thing I'm really praying for is they give us the name of Yoda species. I would like that because I, I, for the life of me, it's if they've not ever in mentioned canon. it, well, it's they not it in was that. in extended canon back in the Lucas era, 
I believe, like when they did the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Really? I could have swore because they had another Yoda-esque character in Force, uh, the Phantom Menace. Yes, and it was a but female. they never gave the species name. I'm serious. Are you 100% certain? I'm, I'm 100% certain. Want to put money on it? I hate it when you do that. I know. I know you do. I don't blame you because uh, I hate it too. Usually I don't bet unless I know I'm right. Oh, shit. Species unknown. Let's see. Hold on. Ah. Hold on. Time it out. Let's look at the expanded <laughs> universe real quick. Yeah. Let's let's take a gander here. <laughs> Come on, don't don't fail me now. Not legends and popular culture merchandising. Son of a bitch. There is no species name. I'm gonna get Rob over on the phone. That's what I'm gonna do. Rob, uh, though. <laughs> yeah. Rob, keep your ass on. Rob, at least when I say there is no species name. You're probably right. Yoda species. Let's see here. Google, be my best friend. George Lucas opted to have many details of the character's life history in the unknown. Yoda's race and homeworld have not been named in any fiction. Yes. Son of a bitch. Nothing. God damn it. Nothing. Ah. Oh, well. Star Wars and me, it's, it's such a long history. It's hard to remember every little facet of that universe. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Think about it. All the books. Actually, I series. own. I, I am proud to say I own almost every single book in the original expanded wow. universe. And there, here's a here's a there's a story behind that. My uncle, who passed away when I was 17, oh, yeah. had quite a, a collection of Star Wars books. He's actually him and my dad got me into Star Wars. Okay. My dad took me to go see the original movies right. when they were re-released in theaters in the 90s, the special editions. My uncle took me to go see the movies as they were coming out in theaters, the, the prequel trilogy, yeah. and he took me to go see Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so yeah. that was a very fond memory of that. Yeah. Hell, even going to see the original trilogy with my dad is a very fond oh, memory yeah, for me. Certainly. But he loved Star Wars. Like He was a Star Wars fanatic, and he had most of the books. So when he passed, that was the one thing I asked for was his books because I knew I would take care of them and everything. Right. And once I got them, I decided, you know what, I'm going to complete this collection. Because I had quite a few. I was I told myself I was going to complete this collection, not just for me, but for him as well. Okay. So I ended up spending a small fortune collecting the rest of the books. But right, right. I'm happy I have them, and I'm trying to read through them. But there's so many of them. Oh, yeah. my God. So detailed. I mean, so if you go out there and look at yes. my bookshelf, that's all yeah, those that's books. It. That's, yeah. it takes up literally four or five shelves. Yeah. So it's a lot. But... Anyways, I digress. So we'll be back next next week, probably Saturday or Sunday, with that episode. We're gonna try to get yeah, this out on today's Tuesday. We're gonna try to get this out on Wednesday, so everybody can yeah. view this episode and enjoy it. And if you haven't bought Disney Plus yet, well, what the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, not just hey, this. And there's a bundle. Yeah, there's Hulu. It's Hulu. Obviously, we're not affiliated with Disney. I mean, Disney. No, if you're listening, you know, come yeah, on, bring it, bring it, bring it. We're here. Uh, you you can bundle Hulu. Disney Plus and ESPN Plus for twelve ninety nine a month, and I don't know about you, but I already paid twelve ninety nine a month just for Hulu. Yeah. So it tells you when you sign so up that you it'll you don't need to worry about your subscriptions. It'll just end up taking care of itself. It'll end up bundling together if you already have a profile, if you have the same email and everything. So that's what I did. Cool. I, I bundled that, and I don't even watch ESPN, but hell, it's good to have. Right. And not only that, but you know they got Lady and the Tramp on there, the the live action remake movie, which. Um, I'll watch it. I don't know if we'll do a review on it. Yeah, but. we'll watch it. And then you got all the Marvel shows coming out. I mean, like we talked about, they're oh, filming geez. Falcon and Winter Soldier right now and everything else. 2021 is going to be fantastic. Oh, it's going to be so packed. It's 2020 gonna even. 2020 is going to be Because that's, let's see, you got Black Widow, you got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and there was Eternals, I think is what comes yes, out. Yes. So, so. And then 2021 is the roided month is roided year for marvel but mm -hmm. we won't talk about that now we'll talk about that later right so anyways I, i'm kendrick and i'm mark and this has been movies in black and white thanks for listening